Hello there, Salim Omar here from the e-commerce Bunny Map Podcast, welcoming you to another episode of the e-commerce podcast. I've got a special guest with us. His name is Jamie Royce. Jamie, welcome. Hello. So nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate being on your show. Awesome. I'm really looking forward to the topic at hand, which is about automated workflows. You're the CEO, the founder of MindCloud. It's a company that specializes in helping small and medium-sized businesses connect their software and make their most important and mission-critical integrations easier. And I'm really excited, Jamie, about the work you do because integrations can save an organization so much time, time that can be reinvested in other ways, time that's doing manual labor and integrations used when you're using the power of technology to get things done. So I'm really excited about this topic. Oh, that's awesome. I love this topic. I've loved using the computer to get work done since I was a little kid. I love technology and all the modern technology I can get my hands on, we're implementing in our company. But when it first started, it was amazed with, you could do a batch program. Back on my Commodore 64 when I was eight years old and I I touched a computer for the first time and I saw the power of entering a few lines of instructions and you could sit back and watch it do something. Even if it was automating your video game or something like that, it just blew my mind and it really opened my mind that the power of technology and the importance of learning, taking the time to learn technology and what's capable, and then seeing how you could incorporate that in whatever you're doing. It takes the work of one person and makes you able to do the work of 10 people or hundreds of people. So I've always had that as my passion since I was a little kid and every job that I've ever had has always had that aspect of Let's see how I could do something to automate what I'm doing. Before I was a computer programmer, before I knew about systems integrations and software integration, I was just using an Excel spreadsheet, copying and pasting something and like, there's got to be a way to automate this. And then learned about macros and learned about little scripts that you could write to replicate what you're doing. And then I just kept growing that and then found myself moving into different positions that utilized that mindset. And it just kind of was like that for the last 20 years, just working and helping the organizations that I was employed at to optimize, make things more efficient using technology. And it always involved software integration, getting things to talk that don't talk to each other so that the organization can be more efficient. Yeah. And I, I kind of switched over during covid I had the opportunity to take a look at all this stuff that I was doing for other companies and other organizations. And I had all these ideas and I wanted to grow and you know get a, a much larger scale, but I couldn't do that as an employee. Yeah. And, you know, I did make different attempts to, you know, how can I take over this whole area or is what's the corporate ladder look like over here? And I, I just found that to accomplish what I had as my vision, I had to do it on my own, hmm. where I had my own free template or, you know, the, the landscape was wide open for my create. And that's where the challenge began of starting my own company and all the craziness and 
fear and emotions and difficulties that happen. And that was just over two and a half years ago. Mm. But that's kind of a little backstory of how I got yeah. started. Yeah. So from corporate America to having, you know, starting your own business and, you know, Jamie, a lot of our listeners, you know, viewers, they have, they are working, you know, they're in corporate America or, you know, and they recently started their e-commerce business or they've, you know, started it at one point and they made the shift. What was like one or two things that were significantly different or there were, you know, when you made the switch from, you know, what were the biggest adjustments you had to make? Right. To being the CEO. <laughs> well, employee. I would say massively huge adjustments, not just little adjustments. You are going from your whole life is taken care of. All you have to do is show up for 40 hours a week and get stuff done or not get stuff done. And, you know, you are safe. It was very safe. Mm-hmm. When I officially made the switch to working full time on my own, the first month was very stressful. I'll have to admit it was not a smooth, like, oh yeah, no problem. I just have all these clients and somebody's just serving me up leads and somebody's closing them for me and someone's handling my accounting and somebody else is taking care of the HR. And, you know, it was all me. And mm-hmm. you have to realize that you're going to have to be responsible for an entire organization and whatever that entails. And there's a lot mm-hmm. of it that you don't know about. So I, I have a lot of friends that knew about these things. I reached out to people who were professionals who could give advice on things. I never tried to do it on my own. I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not good at. And it was always surrounding myself with people who are way smarter and way more efficient at things that I'm not to make sure that I don't spend years going down a wrong path and make mistakes. I was leveraged other people's experience as much as possible. And that really helped to kind of kickstart and make sure we were on the right path right away. And I've, I've been really blessed with some amazing people in my life that have helped along the way. Mm. You know, I'm reminded of something that happened in my own personal life for several years back. I was at a neighborhood party where I live and one of, one of my neighbors is, he owns a billion dollar company, B with a, a billion with a B. And so I got to kind of talking to him and I said, what's your, what's your secret? Like, how have you grown an organization to a billion dollars? He says, I've always surrounded myself with people that are smarter than me. And like, you, you just say that. And I think that's so important. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we don't have the answers and it's, and, and it's okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. we know what we know, like what we are good at. We, we do that. And then everything else you try and, you know, fill it in with, you know, people that, can do it better than us. I agree 100%. And I've read that so many different places. And mm-hmm. when I was in that position, you know, you really have to be humble. You have to be willing to be wrong. Mm-hmm. And you have to be willing to reach out for help. If you don't have those traits, mm-hmm. you're not going to make it as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah. You really won't. Now, did you have your first client when you got into your own business or, you know, or did you say, all right, I'm going to start my own business or now let me go and find clients? Yeah, great question. It was during COVID. I was working a full-time job in the evening. I was doing some consulting and I wanted to see if this worked. So I wanted to start this journey 
of can I make a profitable activity on my own? So a couple hours a day, I was working on checking with friends and family. Do they have any need for integrating their software? Mm. There was no platform at the time. There was no mind cloud. I was serving other people for so many years to solve their integration problems. I felt this could be a market. This could be a really needed market. So the first thing I checked friends and family, I found a couple of people who needed things, solved their problems using existing tools that were out there, you know, like Zapier and building little things custom where I needed to. But I was just testing to see, was there something that was needed and would people pay for it? Hmm. So it was like that, just part-time, got a couple clients that were, you know, maybe paid a few thousand dollars to do a simple little integration, automate something for them. And that was it. But I really didn't have any idea what I was doing. It was trying to see what was needed, what people would pay for, how much I should charge for it. And the first couple months was like that. I was working full-time and I was doing this part-time and on the weekends and just seeing if there was a potential. Mm. Now, in your full-time job, is this what you were providing this service or it was different? Similar. I was running a team of programmers. And part of what was done is helping set up integrations between software. Mm. And I wasn't doing it myself, but I I knew how to do it. I just mm. wasn't employed as a programmer at that particular company. But I was seeing how much money was being spent for pretty simple software integration solutions. And this was where I was like, there's a market here and I could offer it for a lot cheaper and do the same thing that I'm doing here. So that was kind of where kind of had that initial idea. Yeah. Yeah. And then you landed your first client. If you could kind of give us some insights on what are some of the things you're doing for them, just to understand, like, what does integration mean? You know? Yeah. Okay. So my first client was an e-commerce wholesale and retail distribution company. They had warehouses and they were selling products on walmart.com and on, I think that was pretty much it. Probably walmart.com was it at the time. And it was somebody that I knew through somebody else. So it was a, like a friends and family type referral that I knew they had this issue. And I wanted to use this to cut my teeth on, to mm-hmm. try out, can I deliver what they need from scratch in a time frame that they needed it in and without spending more of my hours and anybody that I'm using, like I, I got my, my current CTO who also had a full-time job. I said to him, DC, I have this project. This client needs this. We'll split it down the middle. I'll do what I can. You do what you can. Let's deliver this within a couple of weeks. Are you in? He was in. So that was the test. And it was an e-commerce client who had two data entry staff that were copying and pasting records from Salesforce over to Walmart. When they had an order, they would have to copy the data back and forth. When they shipped the order, they had to copy the tracking information from Salesforce into walmart.com's order site. All day, every day, they Mm -hmm. had two staff just doing that. So I was going to replace that function with an API which is the way to communicate between two software platforms and set it up so it worked all the time. So that was the first kind of 
test of fire. Can we do this? Can we do it? That company had already hired another group of developers that had taken six months and they hadn't completed it. They hadn't delivered it. So they had some failure in the past in this area, frustrated with integrations, didn't get the thing solved that they were trying to. So we came on with not only this challenge, but they already had this back history of a a failure. So we built it in two weeks. We got it live. It replaced these two data entry staff. And that customer then said, good, can you do two more in the next few weeks? We did two more and it kind of took off from there. Uh, That customer now is still a client. They've 10X'd their online sales just from using the automated processes and taking out the manual copy and paste process that they were doing Mm -hmm. before. So that was my first test of see, does this work? And really kind of tweaking how much is it costing me in my hours, in my developer's hours, and make sure that we stay profitable. And that was kind of the challenge from day ones, always keeping an eye on what is it costing to deliver this? Is the customer willing to pay that or more? And is everybody interested in doing it? As long as those pieces were in place, mm-hmm. it was just rinse and repeat each time, tweaking and adjusting from there. Right, right. And I mean, the objective is really to reduce the manual, the time it takes, the, you know, so you're really increasing the speed of data transferring and then, you know, getting, removing a manual labor from the equation as much as you can, right? Well, your staff are your most valuable asset. If having your staff doing manual data entry that doesn't require their intelligence, it doesn't require their years of experience and ability to solve problems, you're wasting your most valuable asset Mm. on something that modern technology can solve. Right. And that is a big shift that yeah. a lot of my clients have to go through because it's a hidden cost. You've right. got people on your salary yeah. and they'll do the work for you. Why would I pay $2,000 a year to upgrade my software when Joe Blow is doing it seemingly for free, but they're paying him a salary of $4,000 a month, mm. but they don't think, oh, I'm spending... Yeah, I'm spending $36,000 a year to have someone do what a $2,000 a year piece of software will do. Mm. So it's that hidden cost that right. is like the first thing that needs to be realized. Right. Technology is there to solve those problems. You know, don't waste your most valuable asset, which is your staff on right. tedious data entry. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really then redirecting those funds that saving into you know, doing any other thing, growing, reinvestigate marketing, sales, and so forth. Absolutely. I had one client who had over a thousand hours a year being spent on mindless copy-paste from one program to another. Hmm. Even while knowing that there was a solution for that, they couldn't get sign-off on the upgrade of software because of the expense. But yet this one person's salary was more than four or five times the cost of that software. But yet that person was spending and probably not super happy about copying and pasting data all day when she knew she could be doing so much more to contribute to this. And it was a nonprofit as well. So it's there's a mission behind it. It's not just show up for work. 
She's there because she wants to help this company grow, but she's only being used to copy and paste data from one screen to another. Hmm. What are some telltale signs that an organization needs integration other than the obvious, like you see a team member sitting and copying and pasting? I, you know, what are some other ways that it's hidden and, and there's just some clues, some signs of what that would be? Yeah, there's so many different things that if you ever notice anything that's repetitive, whether it's data entry or it's, you know, at the end of every week, you have to do certain actions to send a report somewhere, or there are certain emails that you have to do all the time. Anything that is repetitive is your first clue. It mm-hmm. probably can be automated. Anything that doesn't require your human mind to figure out and solve Anything besides that probably is a good candidate to automate. And now, especially with all this AI and machine learning with chat GPT and all the capabilities that are soon to be everywhere. I know a lot of people have messed around and played with the different, you know, features with prompts and chat GPT, but very soon they're going to see this capability connected to every software and they need to realize that anything they're doing that is not requiring their own personal experience and intelligence to solve, they probably should figure out how to automate that sooner or later. Mm, wow. And that's really useful to know. It's so much opportunity for yeah. you listening to this, to kind of look at it, you know, with open up your eyes and, you know, you know, and really kind of look around in your business, in your e-commerce business and see that we don't wear where would you just say is happening. Yeah. There's an opportunity yeah. to make it. I want to. I want to just give a couple other important things for for the listeners that are. I would say probably challenges that we have to overcome with customers. One that it's hard to integrate software. That it's too complex to build automated solutions. That it's too costly to do it, and that it'll take too long to do it. Because those are the biggest things that we run into from Mm. customers that we take on that were frustrated with other software solutions, frustrated with Zapier because their zaps kept breaking and they didn't know how to reconnect them, or they tried hiring some team offshore to do a project and then it never got done, or it ended up taking forever. These are not normal. This is not actually true. It doesn't take a long time. As long as you're using modern technology and taking advantage of all the tools and latest breakthroughs that are out there. It does not take a long time. It doesn't cost an arm and a leg and you can do it. So just the idea that it's possible to fully automate your entire business is the first thing that is really important for everybody to just adopt. It is possible to do it. Then let's get into the nitty gritty and start figuring out how do we automate everything possible to automate so that you could scale. You won't be able to scale if you don't automate and streamline your processes. That's the definition of scaling, is you've done something that then can be repeated and multiplied without having to multiply your workforce. Mm. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. And you know, something I've never done on a podcast episode is I'm gonna plug you, I'm gonna pitch your your thing, is what you what you do and what you'll share is a way for somebody to you know take on a free consultation with you so that you can kind of look and see their business and see what are the opportunities because we may be blind as a business owner 
in our own business, right? So you come in as an outsider and say, all right, these are the opportunities here. So I want folks to kind of stay on in the show notes. We're going to put a link where you can, you know, get a free consultation with Jamie. Appreciate Thank that. You. As we come close to kind of, I'm looking at the clock as well, and I see that we are coming close to needing to finish up soon. What else should we cover? What did I not ask you that I should have asked you? I think that the most important closing message is that if a business owner does not stay on top of latest trends in technology, they will be eclipsed sooner or later. And a perfect example of that is Southwest over the holidays. They lost over a billion dollars did loss due to not upgrading their software. They were operating on a 40-year-old platform that didn't talk to each other. They couldn't respond in a flexible manner when a huge storm swept across the nation and reassign their crew to flights mm-hmm. that were running. As a result, 17,000 people were stranded for days, including some of my relatives. Mm-hmm. And the CEO recently said that he estimates it's a loss of over a billion dollars, not let alone the reputation of Southwest. So take that as a lesson. Don't sit on upgrading your software, if even if it costs more. Think of where you want to be in five years from now. And is your current setup going to get you there? And are you able to scale where you're at right now? If not, take a time to talk to a professional, talk to somebody who knows about this if you don't know yourself. And, you know, thanks for the plug. We, we are offering this free consultation for any listeners. I'm going to put it on the screen for a second. This is basically, you can scan this. It'll take you straight to our free consultation page. And anybody who, whether we do business with MindCloud or not, will do a 30-minute consultation to understand your business understand what you're trying to do and see what would be a recommended way to automate and streamline so that you can scale your business. And that's something we're offering for everybody. But yeah, that's the most important thing. Stay on top of the technology. It's this incoming tidal wave. If you don't stay on top of it and ride that wave, you will get swallowed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've seen that time and time again with businesses that we've worked with and so forth. So yeah, so true. Is there a link, a website, Jamie, for folks to that they can, you know, take a look at more stuff or a link to a scheduling program, a software. Yeah. So the best thing to do that, that QR code that I put on the screen is the link. It'll take you straight there. The actual link itself is mindcloud.co. That's our website. And if you want to go straight to that link, it'll take you to mindcloud.co slash free hyphen consultation. And you, you could also just see it from our homepage, mindcloud.co. You'll see right in the middle of the screen, book a free consultation, and that'll take you to that same place. Awesome. Great. Wonderful. Jamie, thank you so much. This was so insightful. Really enjoyed it. Thank so you. Now we got to see how we can bring you back again here. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's been great talking to you. Thank you so much again for having me on your show. All right. You take care. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the e-commerce Money Map podcast. If you'd like to hear more episodes, you can find them at ecommercemoneymap.com or on your favorite podcast directory. Don't forget to like and subscribe. If you want to learn more about the e-commerce accounting hub, visit ecommerceaccountinghub.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time on the e-commerce money map podcast.